Alright, so hello climate change, we're recording. Okay, wow. <laughs> so I'm here with Randy McMahon, who we've spoken to before. Um, and and uh, you were just asking me a question, which I'll try, I'll just answer that right off the top. Okay. So just a second ago, as I was getting this set up, you just asked me, you said that before you leave here today, you want to know... Oh, okay. I, w- I would like to know the quickest way to be able to listen to these podcasts... Okay, so um, there's there's more than one way to do it. It depends on what's more convenient to you. There's hellocc.info, which is the website that has all of them, and you can listen to them right on the website. So you can go right there, and you, and you can listen to them one at a time Great. online. If you have a smartphone and you're comfortable dealing with podcasts, then you can go to iTunes or any podcast you know, repository yep. and look up Hello Climate Change and download episodes from there. And just Hello Climate Change. Yep, that's the name of it. All yeah. one word? Mm-hmm. You can just look up Hello Climate. And the other thing you can tell people is just Google Hello Climate Change. No, yeah. Okay. No, it's three words. It's three different words. <laughs> okay, but, the, but it's not. It's divided as three yeah, words. Mm-hmm, okay, yeah. good. That's the title of the podcast. So now that we've got that out of the way, I hope that's useful to people who are listening to this for the first time. Um, hi, Randy. Hi. It's good to be back. <laughs> yeah, it's good to have you back. So we were just talking, and Randy was just asking me, and I was telling him, yes, I've done, I think, 22 so far. That's and great. I, I think this is your... So I'm coming up on a quarter of the way to 100, which which is the milestone I'm kind of looking at to see what kind of progress I've made for myself mm-hmm. in, in how I think about this topic. Um and I can already tell that there's been some progress. Like when when I first started and um, I had conversations with my husband, um, we were really, we kept coming back to talking in detail about our own consumption, which is important. But, and I think that's where most people start when they start thinking about caring about the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's appropriate, but... The, the big leap that I'm trying to make is in figuring out how I engage in um, impacting how we our system works. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that actually, I think, comes back to even more primary things about understanding how the government works. And so I did an episode with my stepson, who's a major history buff and in college studying those kind of things. And so he like caught me up on how our constitution works, basically our government works. Mm -hmm. That was a good one. Um, and, um, and I've also had conversations with different people who know a lot about the science. I have a climate scientist that I talked to and, um, and, um, someone who teaches climate, um, related sociology courses at UConn, um, Phoebe Godfrey, you probably yep, know her. Yep. Um, and talking to you and other activists who are sort of man, I kind of think of you as manning the front lines. Um, mm, I don't know or about womaning that now. The front lines. <laughs> Why would you say that? Not so much. Um, I, I d- lately, I, I don't feel like I've been doing a lot. I've had some minor health issues that have kind of slowed me down a little. Yeah. Um, and I feel, I wouldn't say guilty, but a little confused about where. Where do I go in the activist field where it's going to be really effective? Um, and, mm-hmm. and I'm not really certain. Right. I'm, I'm not real hopeful. Mm-hmm. That's, I'm, I'm glad that's right out on the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel um, I read a lot. I have a website um, at awarmachine.com that um, has a pretty big section on videos and articles written by climate scientists and various people. And um, 
some of the videos, um, I have to not watch the whole thing, just turn it off and and just think about it. We're talking about something very, very, very serious um, that the, the news media doesn't seem interested in at all. In. Um, and so th that kind of um, freaks me out a little. I mean, I think that what you're talking about right now is 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 a stumbling block, a stumbling wall, really, for mm -hmm. most people on this topic, which is discouragement. I mean, there's there's nothing like it, you know? It's something that... Uh, it ties into every experience we've had in life that um, didn't go well and we couldn't control. <laughs> right, right. And so it's like, it's major, like, personal in a way, you know, to, to, to try to take that on. I think we all grew up thinking the government is there to, to come to our rescue. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't, I don't have any... Um, fiction about that at all. I don't believe it. I think that is a fiction. I think um, they're never, the government is never going to come to our rescue. This is something that people need to do um, in the streets, just in a very visible, nonviolent sense. Um, you know, um, Obama, who's probably better than many presidents we've had, thought it was okay to send shell oil up into the Arctic. They turned around and gave up on it because they, they didn't see that it would be cost effective. But um, he's not opposed to helping big oil companies um, with their various projects and whether or not he okays the the various pipelines. Um, we'll see. But I don't think the government is our ally at all. Yeah, I think maybe one way I like to think of it is like we think of them as leading but they're actually being pushed. They're on the yes, front, yes. but they're being pushed by the tide of how much, and and depends on how much engagement we have, or how much corporate money they can get right. on the other side. That's true. That's... And if they see that it's, it's not beneficial to keep supporting oil companies, then they might come around. But is there time? I don't think so. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think we need a, a solution really very very soon. Mm -hmm. And to think, you know, to talk about decades from now, that's. Um, that that could be very dangerous. Mm -hmm. Well, one thing that's coming up is this big um, conference of in Paris. In Paris, yeah. which is the the UN is having this conference in Paris, and where they're basically trying to, well, basically decide about establishing some policies, worldwide policies around how we deal with carbon and um, and such. So. I mean, one thing that's encouraging is that outside of this country, which has some major dysfunctions, there's other countries that are, are embracing this a little bit more mm -hmm. fully. Oh, yeah. And maybe maybe the, the situation for our country requires um, the pushing of these other countries, and the, uh, like the, all the other countries being the little fish that, that, that gather together to become, you know, as powerful as one big fish. Mm -hmm. and so. I don't know. Um, I I see our country just leaping into militarism and, and imperialism, and mm -hmm. that doesn't go along with mm -hmm. saving the planet. Right. Um, other countries, yes, there are movements that are very effective. Um, whether or not they can stop the United States, I mean, we're the we're the big big bully in the room, mm -hmm. and um, they have to stand up to us and say, "Okay, enough is enough." We're mm -hmm. talking about the future of the planet. Right. And I don't know. I'm I'm not real hopeful. I mean, the um, 
There's a great um, talk by a young woman who went to the College of the Atlantic. It's on my website under the, um, there's a section. Um, well, just, we just talk about it because I can link, I can link to that. Okay. It's, it's, it's a woman who is a college student and she, they allow her to speak at, at one of the recent in the last five years, one of the big meetings. Mm -hmm. And this woman just nails it. She said, I've been waiting for you my whole life. And she's just articulate, passionate, and it, it's a chilling talk. And it is truly amazing. And that is what we need. Not all the, 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 the droning on about um, patience and this and that. We don't have patience. We shouldn't have patience. Mm. And she speaks so well. Mm -hmm. She said, you know, um, what does it take to get a to get a, a place in your, in your talks, you know, do, I don't have enough money maybe or mm -hmm. something like that. And, and she's just incredible, mm -hmm. incredible of all the talks. This is an American young woman. She's an American. Mm -hmm. She's probably all of 19 years old. She's a student right. in Maine at the college of the Atlantic and she's pissed off. So just for anyone listening to this later on, you send me the link and I'll, and I will in the show notes for this episode, I will give you the link to Randy's website and also to this particular talk. Okay. Um, so people can find what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see it too. It's great. Yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, those kind of things. Yeah. I mean, in the face of discouragement, it seems like getting outraged is the, it's, it's time like, to get yeah. pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, yeah. You're allowed to say that. <laughs> Definitely. So, um, hmm. So where do we go from here? I don't know. Um, I was hoping you could tell me <laughs> or, or people out there. I yeah. think what we need is yeah. a, um, a movement that is that educates quickly and people go mm -hmm. out into the streets, make mm -hmm. their presence known mm -hmm. in a nonviolent, cooperative manner. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as far as um, passing town resolutions, I, I don't know if we have the time to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, fracking is becoming less and less of a danger because the cost of oil is making fracking not worth it. Right. Um, but the, the, many of the activist groups have been working really hard on that and, and, and to prevent, uh, fracking wastes from being stored here. Right. I don't think that's going to be a problem. I think what we really need to do is just say, um, even if we stopped digging, pumping oil, coal, natural gas today, um, we would still face a very dangerous world. Yeah. So saying that we have time saying that we have 20 years 40 years a few mm -hmm. decades um i don't think is is very safe you know we think back to al gore and his the documentary he did oh an inconvenient truth yes and um and i think like a, a friend of mine um that i grew up with sent me a message or something where she's she was saying that what she got from that is that we have 50 years and I was, I came away with it thinking we have 10 years and I, and it was interesting. We came <laughs> People had different numbers, yeah, yeah numbers from yeah. the same documentary. Yeah. Um, and, um, not 10 years that we'd be able to turn it all the way around, but 10 years of like figure out to, how to just start turn to turn the ship, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that it might be interesting if we, we gave up on that and just said, now, now we have to, this is things, these are things that have to happen now. And then. 
And then rather than arguing about how much time we have, we start to say, well, what can we knock off the list now? Like, what mm-hmm. can we do? Because when you, when you look at a, let's say it's a messy house and you need to clean it by Sunday, you don't, you don't, if you spend your time, you can spend your time saying, well, do we need you to get it done by 11 o'clock AM Sunday or 11 o'clock PM <laughs> Sunday? Because that'll change everything. And, you know, in terms of how we approach this and in a way it's like you could, use up all this time just trying to decide how much Dithering. time you have. And instead you could say like, all right, let's, let's take this from a more holistic perspective as uh, I'm using, I want to just extend this metaphor to just to see where it takes us. And it may mm-hmm. seem like I'm going too far with it, but, but let's say that you and I were trying to clean up this messy house for something that happens um, on Monday and we wanted to get done by Sunday. And I think then once we stop talking about how much time do we have and how big is the problem, then we start going, okay, so let's start tackling it. And then we start saying, well, you know what? I actually haven't had breakfast. And I'm not going to be good for, for more than a half an hour unless I get <laughs> some food in me. And so like, then you start to say, okay, priority one is to get ourselves in a position where we can work. And then the next thing is like, all right, the whole thing feels really overwhelming, but that corner over there where there's all that recycling, I could take that out to the curb. Mm-hmm. And and then you just start taking things one piece at a time, d- doing the pieces that don't feel overwhelming until there are no pieces left. Just do oh, it. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So maybe um, maybe we quit engaging on on the topic of how much time and is it possible and all those things that are around, basically around our discouragement and overwhelm and start saying... Um, okay, what what's the reality for me in this moment? To, and mm-hmm. and there has to be room in that for for like, well, my health isn't that good, so it doesn't really make sense for me to go stand out on the street right now because that's just going to deplete me. But um, you know, maybe I actually am so discouraged right now that I just need to go some go be with somebody nurturing so I can cry about how terrible the situation is for a little while before mm-hmm. I can like decide what the next piece is. But I think there has to be room for all of that because like. We're starting. We're we're basically trying to come into a place where we can can reengage with our world as a sort of like a living organism that has its cycles. That isn't like something we extract from, and we're just talking about how much or how little we extract from. Mm-hmm. So, what are your thoughts hearing that? Um, well, I don't know that we can save the earth, but I know by doing nothing. Yeah. Um, the answer to that is really clear. Yeah. Um, if given, I mean, if we continue doing what we're doing now, um, it could be very soon that we will, we'll all be saying, Oh, I wish we had done more back then. Mm-hmm. Um, we do need to do stuff now. Um, and we need to do it in a way that, that works, that actually gets people out there doing something, mm-hmm. um, Naomi Klein writes so well, and she talks about this whole thing is an opportunity to not only maybe save the earth, but if we do, to make it a better place than it was before. And I think that's really important, that um, we got here because of just unbridled greed and stupidity. And she's talking about a place where there's cooperation, where there's local, where there's um, just cleaner air and and a much better place to live. And I think most people would agree with that. Mm -hmm. CEOs certainly wouldn't, but... Um, we don't have to listen to them. They're really a tiny, tiny, tiny little minority mm-hmm. in this country, mm-hmm. and they should not have the power they do. Mm-hmm. But we've let them have the power. We've let them buy our government, and um, 
we need to to I don't know. I think about the people in um, in Argentina when they needed to change their government. People just spontaneously went into the streets with pots and pans and banged them and screamed and yelled and mm-hmm. played and hollered and sang. And they brought the government down because there was just so much positive energy mm-hmm. the government couldn't compete with. Mm-hmm. And that needs to happen. We need to have people who had never stood on the corner go out and stand on the corner. Right. And, and see that they have power. Right. So I, listening to you, I think of Charles Eisenstein. Have you listened to any of what Mm-mm. he has to say? I would recommend, that might be really good for you right now in the state of discouragement that you're feeling, <laughs> is to hear his perspective on some of this. And maybe I'll find another link and add that to the okay. show notes. Yeah. So when you send me your links, I'll send you mine. Um, one thing that I, I, there's a lot of things that he says that are, that are really um I want to say relieving, but I don't think that's a word. But but anyway, they gave mm-hmm. me a sense of relief when yep. I when I sort of um, just felt a little like this can this can happen in a way that isn't about um, uh, forcing ourselves to do things that don't feel safe or comfortable. I mean, mm-hmm. they might not feel comfortable, but they they're might, not going to feel comfortable, right? right but they mm-hmm. can, but 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 in a way that doesn't feel like. It's driven because I'm bad and I'm not doing enough, but it could be driven from I want more for, for myself in the world. Like the same way it doesn't feel comfortable to do do like a ropes course or something where you where you're challenging yourself mm-hmm. and it's scary or whatever. But but, you know, you're doing it because it's it, there's something fun about challenging yourself. Like there's a way in which this feeling this whole this whole situation can get so dire in our minds that it just feels like it's all because it's very easy to to flip from feeling like. It's hard, it's impossible, it's thankless, um, and it's doomed to like, well, I might as well just enjoy what I can of what's left of my life and drop it, drop this. I would like to hear people say um, Mm -hmm. it's scary, it's doomed, and get out there and do something because silence is worse than anything. Right. The, the the neat thing about yeah. when you see groups like in Argentina is the people feel so alive for the mm-hmm. first time in their mm-hmm. life. They feel like I have some power, right. and they got to know their neighbors. They they started um, neighborhood coalitions of people who worked on various um, things that were being ignored by the government, mm-hmm. and they created their own little government, mm-hmm. and it was really exciting. And so maybe that needs to start with um, people being pissed off and mm-hmm. ready to do something. Mm. But people do have to pick their fights. I mean, not everybody's going to go into the street, but sharing information with other people, there's many things people can do. Um, but first they have to know how serious it is. And and if I went out on the street and asked people how serious on a 1 to 10 is uh, climate change, a lot of people would be aware of it. But I think there'd be a lot of people who just aren't... How could they be? That would be an interesting poll to see if you, on a scale of one to ten, how serious is it? Yeah, yeah. because I, I, I would like to start asking that question of people in my life, like how serious does it seem to you on a scale of one to ten? And, mm-hmm. um, because I think you, I maybe I'm just an optimist <laughs> in a way, but um, I think you'd hear a lot more high numbers from people whose responses don't seem to correlate with that than you'd think. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Like, in people who have been secretly worrying about this and yeah. and and not knowing where to channel it. Right, yeah. exactly. I think there might be more of that out there than it, than it appears. Yep. Because of that not knowing where to channel it feeling and maybe not being able to relate to to the sort of prevailing ethos of 
activism, which is feels a little like panicky and um, extreme, and it looks like it's a bunch of hippies. Exactly. <laughs> I think a lot of people look at it like, yeah. oh, I don't know. You know, I was never a hippie in the '60s. Um, it's you're not going to be a hippie. You're <laughs> no. going to be a person who wants to see the um, humanity continue. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there, and there's a lot of other. I mean, I think the climate justice movement is is really probably where um, where there's a lot of uh, power, um, in this, I mean, what I mean is the climate justice movement is, is basically looking at, um, or environmental justice, I should say, is, is looking at, um, well, it's both, um, the ways in which environmental harm is concentrated in areas where people have less power and less resource. And so, you know, in the inner cities and in the Mm -hmm. depressed countries and, um, and those the those people being able to to be empowered to to realize that that they they deserve as much of a nice world and healthy chance at life and all that that kind of thing as anyone else like that's that's if cuz right now like i think we're transitioning from um a period where environmental activism was not in my backyard to mm-hmm. a place where it's like no no nowhere and so those of us who've won the not in my backyard fight need to now go to the other back, the, the, other the remaining backyards. backyards yeah. right. And, and that could be really fun, you know, to be mm-hmm. in a position where it's almost like everything you're doing is a gift because it feels like it's not, it's for them. It's for everyone. It's not true that it's, you know, it's becoming more and more obvious that you can't confine environmental harm in a smaller, in, a, right. in any way. Right. It's, 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 we're all on the same Everybody system. suffers. Yeah. So, I mean, whether or not we succeed in making a better world, because I don't think save the world is exactly right. It's more like save humanity. I mean, mm-hmm. the world will survive humanity. Right. In fact, <laughs> it'll do quite well. <laughs> yeah, it'll do quite well without us. Like, you know, there are species that we support as humans, you know, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how well the rats will do without us, for instance, <laughs> but, um, or even the cockroaches, frankly, cause they depend on our heat right. and our, right. so, so, <laughs> you know, we don't know what will flourish, but something will. And, um, and, uh, you know, the vacuum nature abhors a vacuum, as they say, it'll, it'll be filled. Um, so we're not really trying to save the earth. We're trying to save humanity or save, mm-hmm. you know, and, and even that feels like almost too highfalutin, you know, <clears throat> Like, I don't know, maybe we have to chop it down into a smaller problem to make it like, just like the, going back but to the big house metaphor. we are trying to save humanity. Yeah. But, but like going back to the idea of we're trying to, I'm, I'm considering this like hoarder house image that I had earlier and I didn't really explain how bad the house was in my mind's eye, but that you and I are looking at and we need to clean by Monday. Like there's. There's, oh, I'm going to go further with this metaphor now. <laughs> so there's a way in which we could respond where it's like, there's no way just the two of us are going to get this whole house cleaned up in a week. And so we could just give up and decide to do something more fun with our time and abandon the whole thing. We could be like, all right, let's just do what we can. Um, we could say, well, let's at least clean one room. Or, or we could do something where we we have to like, maybe step back from it for a minute and think about how 
how, whether or not it's worthwhile, we can say, yes, we've decided that. Let's just assume we decided it's worthwhile. And who else it might be worthwhile to or who else might be engageable, you know? Mm-hmm. And that may be where, where this conversation is going is that, you know, stepping back from the, the problem, the details of the problem, but to think about how do we make this something that other people want to engage in and I want, you know, and, and I don't know that it's about scheming, <laughs> um, but maybe it's about like, why, why, you know, why are we trying to make it better? Why the world? Yeah. I mean, um, that seems like an survival. obvious question. Okay. It is survival. Hmm. And that's the difference between your house. I mean, if your house yeah. is messy, it's, it's kind of a drag, but yeah. you know, you will survive. I mean, Right. Um, it's not. I, I don't. The metaphor isn't quite complete because in my mind, it's like I've, I'm picturing this completely unlivable house, and and and, and I, I know it's that not feeling. Just my house. Yeah. I'm no, I know that feeling. Yeah. It's And sometimes I just say, "Okay, I'm going to clean two rooms today," mm-hmm. and I do, and then I feel better. And sometimes I feel better enough to actually go mm-hmm. on and and clean other things. Mm-hmm. And when I when I am sitting thinking about a problem. Mm-hmm. I'm almost helpless. Right. right. <laughs> and and I really like the idea of, oh, I did that. I feel good. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and then I do it. But um I don't know that we have that luxury. Um Hansen is the 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 uh, NASA scientist that I was thinking of and he's the man who he was working for NASA as a climate scientist and he quit um, or he retired. Maybe he was ready to retire, but he became an activist because he said, this is really, really serious. And he is saying that um, some of the coastal cities in America could be uninhabitable within 40 or 50 years. Mm -hmm. And that's certainly scarier than um, the temperature may go up five degrees or three degrees or one degree in 50 years or something. Um, so maybe that's what we need to do is be a little bit scared, but then say, okay, but if all of us um, get involved in this and, and if we have some system of, of sharing information with people so that they don't have to listen to Fox News, they can get it from some other source. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that's done. That's yeah. the frustrating thing to me is um, I read all this stuff and I go, holy cow, we really need to act on this. And and then some of the stuff is really positive, like what Naomi Klein says, that we'll make the world a better place. And not only will we will we save humanity, but it'll be a, a kinder, gentler place to live. And um, I think a lot of people would, would be okay with that. But how do they get the information? Right. Well, have you seen her movie yet? I haven't. So then there's the, the, the book. So what we are referring to for others who are listening... So Naomi Klein wrote a book called This Changes Everything, Capitalism Versus the Climate, and for the past four years has been putting a documentary together on the same topic, and that has been released. Have you um, seen it? I haven't seen it. It's on iTunes. I looked at it there to see what it would cost. It's it, it's not rentable. You can buy it, and it's $10 or $9.99. I did that with um, Citizen Four. It's on my... Oh, I, don't I got that, that for... That's um, Edward Snowden and... Oh, okay. And... Um, Laura Poitras. Um, so when I go home, I'm going to go get that movie. Yeah, I really I, do want to see it. I've heard, I haven't seen it yet and I do intend to see it. And I've heard that it was, that it was, um, that it was good. And that so it was, if somebody inspiring. out there has, um, iTunes and would like to buy it, how would they do that? So Is, you, 
well, you 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 just go online to iTunes if you even if you don't have it installed, um, and then you look it up. You just do a search for the name of the movie, which is "This Changes Everything." Through iTunes. Through iTunes. Because I'm asking you, I'm not. That, oh, okay. I forget how I got that movie on my computer. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so you go into iTunes. Okay. Um, and if you don't have it, then it'll direct you on their website, iTunes.com. Okay. Um, how to download the software, and and it is a way of viewing. And, um, you know, it's a media, um, it's like a frame for, through which you can see movies or listen to music or whatever. Um, so, um, in the search bar on the iTunes store, you look up, this changes everything and you'll see the book and you'll see the audio book and you'll see the movie. Um, um, and, um, you know, probably some other things that have the same title that are not related at all, but you find the movie and then there's a place where you can see the, you can just click on to buy it um assuming you're in the itunes app in your computer um and then it downloads into your itunes and you and you own it <laughs> and you own it on all your devices if right, you have yours. an iphone yeah. you can watch it yeah right, exactly so um and i'm sure that it'll be released in other places before too long as well mm-hmm. um so i am definitely looking forward to watching that one because I read that book, I actually listened to it as a book on. I actually got it on iTunes. I I got the book uh, as tape. a book on 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 a digital, you know, an audio yeah. book. Yep. Um, which is the best way for me to make sure I'll read a book because I spend more time sitting still in a car than sitting still looking at a page, you know, these yep. days. So, um, so I listened to it in a car and then I listened to it again. <laughs> and I, many times when, you know, a paragraph would get by me oh, and you learn like, new I would, stuff all I would rewind <laughs> and listen to it over and yep. over like, wait, what did she say there? I, w- I wish there was a, fu- there is actually a function come to think of it where you could say, slow down. You can actually slow down the speech and listen to it in slower. Sometimes. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> on the, on the audio stuff. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so that's something I look forward to. I mean, you know, there are there are little, you know, milestones along the way that are encouraging. Locally, there's a little activist group here who just got the town of Mansfield to, pa- to pass something saying they won't they won't um, have fracking waste um, depo- de- deposited, de- stored, stored, there. Yeah, stored yeah. in this in this town, which is one town. But but seeing well, that Coventry one town also did. It, did. Right. So and so it makes it easier for me to think about going to my town and saying, hey, let's also put our name on this list if we can't get the state to do it on a state level. But this is really happening. So why not? It makes it more, you know, they don't have to be um, the trendsetters. A new right. town, you know, it makes it easier for a town to say, well, if other ones are doing it and why, you know, I don't have to feel like I'm going to be attacked if we do it too. Of course we don't want that here. Why, why would we, if everyone else is saying no, then it makes us more vulnerable. Right. So th- that, that makes a lot of sense, even though it may not be, um, down the road, the most significant, um, um, way of addressing this issue. It, it, it gets those pieces in gear. It gets those people to realize they have support around these kind of topics. So whether you're taking on um, insulating your own house or dealing with your recycling or writing to your congressman, like it all builds the muscle to -hmm. become more of an activist. So that I'm encouraged by. And the little bit of activism that happened, well, it's not a little bit, but the little bit of of, um, interference that activists had with, is it Exxon that had the um, Mm -hmm. Arctic... Um, exploration. So the way that they were. Oh like, no, that, that was that Shell? was Shell. Shell, yeah. right? I was gonna. I don't know why I always want to say Exxon, but Shell um, was delayed for a couple of days um, in getting their ships out there, and yep. they weren't able to make any, you know, 
for their from their perspective encouraging headway and finding oil and you know maybe if they'd had another day and a half something different would have happened maybe not Mm -hmm. but in any case there was enough evidence of support around the fact that people don't want that to be happening that now um that not only have they given up, but our government has said we're not going to give them an extension or or sign any new permits mm-hmm. to go to go out there. So there's little there's little hopeful moments. As you know, I think we are so far behind in addressing this issue. I mean, it's been mm-hmm. since colonial times that it's been in the consciousness at all that this is not an infinite you know, breadbasket of, of a world. There, there's, there are limits. Mm-hmm. And we've been so far behind in recognizing that we're at the point where, where the basket is, is that used to be overflowing is now just half full. And, and, and it looks like there's no chance that it's going to fill all the way back up again, that we're starting to be like, huh, humans, maybe we should think of a different system or maybe we should mm-hmm. like look more closely at how much we waste and how we pollute and all those things. Like we're just now looking at it and it's been hundreds of years in the making as a problem. I mean, it's going to take a while. It, there's no way around it. We might not get as far as we want. It. We won't. We, 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 we should be much, you know, where we are right now is already a tragedy. So mm-hmm. like the only, the only kind of progress we're going to make is still going to have the pic- the tragedy in the picture. But it's still, yeah, it's still worth doing. So like in my, back to my metaphor of the house, you know, I'm picturing this, like there's maybe parts of that house that are just destroyed by mildew and waste and, and, you know, neglect that are unrepairable, but to make it a place where, where we can still live, we may, we may have to sacrifice a little bit of that. And we might mm-hmm. have to notice that we have to see it. And we take away the trash. We'll notice how much hurt, you know, has, has taken place, um, underneath, you know, but um, it's better than obviously not doing it, right? Mm-hmm. So that's my preaching for the moment. <laughs> I think one recent... Um, and I, that's all it is. It's just me talking, trying to convince myself. <laughs> I do that talk yeah. all the time. Yeah. But one of the things that just happened recently um, that is pretty telling is um, Exxon... Um, they somehow they got hold of documents where Exxon in the 60s and 70s was admitting that uh, <clears throat> that the use of too much oil is going to cause global warming and climate change. And um, then when they realized that could could affect their oh, sales, right. they um, there was all kinds of reports that came out and it was proven that they knew th- that what they were doing was poisoned. And just like the cigarette companies, when when all that information came out that they admitted that cigarette smoking would cause cancer, then it was very embarrassing. And and so um, Exxon s- switched over to being climate and supporting climate deniers, mm-hmm. um, paying a lot of money to right. have all these various politicians and so- and so called scientists um, work for the oil company and say, oh no no that's not true it's it's not getting warmer. Right. And but they knew and and the bastards did nothing. And it's so I think it's so exciting that that came to the to light. I mean, you know, if you look at it like the the um, course of events around cigarettes, you know, there's significantly less people smoking now than Mm -hmm. there used to be. And it had to come to that. It had to people had to be looking closely enough at this as a problem for that for that fact to come to light. Mm -hmm. And the fact that this came to light 
is the same sort of thing. People are looking closely at it. This never would have, um, this never would have come out of the woodwork if there wasn't a feeling by the by the the whistleblowing people mm-hmm. that there's enough of a support in our public consciousness that they wouldn't, you know, that their the people, voice would be heard among yeah, the people, exactly. not the government. Right. Right. Um, Obama mm-hmm. has locked up more whistleblowers than all the other presidents yeah, I know combined. About that. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't get that. But, but the people, um, there's, you know, a lot more people now don't look at Edward Snowden as a, as a criminal. They look at him as right. a truth He's a hero. Yeah. He's a hero. Yeah. He is in my book. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't hear very many people talk that way. Hillary Clinton. Sees him that, as a. That he, she, he should have stayed in the United States and dealt with it. And there is no, no way of dealing with it. They no, don't give you a trial. They arrest you without mm. charges, and he would sit in a prison with um, mm. Chelsea Manning and all the others. Right, right. So, well, I mean, um, I don't know. I keep my tendency here in this conversation. I'm catching myself is to keep trying to bring it back to hopeful, but I don't know that that's necessarily the most use, useful thing to do. Like earlier on, you said something. Um, very, very early on, you said something, and I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was about that you don't feel very hopeful and that you don't feel like th- that the, the, the idea that the government is going to rescue or care or take charge is, 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 a, is a, an illusion. And, um, but, 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 oh, you know what it was? You said something about how we all come, come, grow up believing this but that you don't. And I was thinking, like, do you remember the transition for you? I just want to ask you, like, just putting aside all of these bigger things, but just it's you and me in the room. Like, do you do you remember for you where that, that moment came? Where Being you sent like, to Vietnam. I figured that was what you were going to say. Can you, would yeah. you say a little more about it? Yeah. Um, um, I grew up with a, a pretty patriotic family, and I believe that the United States entered other countries for the good and the de- democratic stuff and all that garbage. And, and um, shortly before I was sent to Vietnam, um, I did a lot of reading and came to the conclusion that it was a murderous adventure and we were doing it for economic gain and power. And um, then I realized that every single war that we have ever fought in this country maybe parts of World War II was different, but they were mm-hmm. unnecessary, they were murderous, they were criminal. Mm-hmm. And um, the government in this country has, right from the beginning, been for rich white guys. And it's it's a little bit better than it was um, in some ways. I mean, the, the, I mean they, the, the power and the money is shared among both genders, but it's basically run by rich white guys and co- oh, yeah. they're very corporate and it's it's a very unfair system and Vietnam really woke me up. Mm-hmm. I was a full-time activist when I came back and um, went all over the country with Vietnam mm-hmm. veterans against the war and um, I became aware that the people were fine. I mean, if anything changes in this country, it'll be the people. Right. Um, and we have to stop thinking in terms of Democratic Party and Republican Party because they're both useless. And um, that there's lots and lots of people in this country who have very positive views about where America should go. They should not be spying on us. I mean, some of the most right-wing people in America are saying it's very wrong for the government to spy on us. Mm-hmm. Um, they believe that the government should serve people. And, and so the the... 
activism has to embrace everybody. There's people in the Tea Party who strongly believe in freedom, mm -hmm. um, but then it got usurped by the Republican Party and everything. But there's lots of people in this country, and there's lots of people in other countries. The people power is very, very huge, and it scares the crap out of the government. Oh yeah, and that is why we have NASA spying on us. Yeah, you watch any, you watch any. Um, um, well, I'll come back to that NASA part, but, but, um, but you watch any of the the dramas around, um, you know, government like, uh, uh, um, West Wing. Yep. You know, those type of shows, it's all about like public opinion and, and, and trying to, sh to like guard against, um, or shape or mm -hmm. in, in some way respond to, um, public opinion. Like that's, that is where the, the power is. All these people are running around in Washington are, are responding. They're just sitting on the surface of the wave of, of, um, a public, you know, mm -hmm. outcry or opinion or, or, um, support or lack thereof so yeah i think the occupy movement really frightened the government mm -hmm. um and obama made a decision to use homeland security and then homeland security passes it all down to the police departments and they started breaking heads mm -hmm. and because they were an effective group they were non-violent they set up little libraries where people could learn what's going on. They fed people. They mm -hmm. had hundreds and hundreds of people in, in so many cities in America camping out because they believed in change. Right. And they, they were not communists. They were not terrorists. They were Americans who just said, we, we've got to do something different. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And But that's that's what scares them. They're not worried about, you know, left-wing or right-wing terrorists who would go into a building and blow it up because they, they can just use their force and power against them. But when people are being, you know, sane and, and honest, that's scary. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and the NSA is, um, you know, they're listening to everything we're saying. Right. <laughs> right here. They could be. I so mean, it's amazing. I want to go back to like the the idea of that disillusionment, the tr transition between feeling like the government's there to take care of us, to like oh we need to take we need to actually be um, leading, and mm -hmm. and and you know I think there's something in that because I think it's worthwhile noticing how significant the transition was for us personally. Um, I don't even know for myself, like, and, and I'll give that some thought when, when I started to feel that disillusionment, because I don't, I'm not going to say that I think that the government is the enemy. That's not the way I see it. But, um, but I definitely came to, to see that actually the people who are in charge are not necessarily the best thinkers, um, are not necessarily, you know, uh, better at at these decisions than I might be. Certainly um, not. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're just the ones, you know, who for reasons of privilege or desire are put themselves in those positions. But, um, so I was just really interested in if, if to push a little further to, to look at the specifics of our own, I think would help us in that, like, I think what you're coming up against when you're talking to people, your friends who, like you were saying before we turned on, and I hope you don't mind me saying this and I can, I won't, I won't, I'll cut it out if you don't want me to. But before I started recording, you had mentioned that you have a feeling that when you talk to acquaintances, 
about your concerns that they they just want to dismiss it like you have nothing positive well, they, to well, say. They, they don't want to hear bad right. news. Right. And I have friends who say, oh, don't say that, don't say that. And 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 that's what will doom us. Right, right. So what you, what to get those people to a place where they're able to confront that those the transition that has to happen in their own mind that they're actually capable of thinking well about this topic and that the people that are in charge not, are not necessarily representing their interests and that they have any power to do something about it all of those pieces that you figured out through your experience of going off to Vietnam you know patriotically um and then somewhere along the line like i guess what i'm trying to get at is it's really painful to mm-hmm. have that wake up. But you know what? We can waste our time dealing with people who aren't ready. There's plenty of people mm. in this country who are ready. And people change not because I tell them these are important issues. They change because they bother to look into them. If, mm. they, if they are so turned off with what's going on and they don't want to face it and they want to bury their heads, then there's nothing I can do. Right. But a lot of those people come around because they say, oh, my God, it's the, the in, information is overwhelming. Yeah. Um, so what so I guess. Maybe there this isn't maybe there isn't an answer to this question. The, the questions on my mind is like, what made it possible for you? You know, to to transition from one point of view to another like were, were there people around you that supported that transition there were. um yeah. surprisingly enough my right-wing brother-in-law mm. um told me a lot about the history of vietnam and mm. and how it was um wrong to go in there and then i started reading a lot so is this was this reading that that period of time after you'd come back no no it was before, before went? i went to vietnam believing that it was wrong oh okay and when i was there I was on a ship up and down the coast that was shelling Vietnam a lot. Mm. And um, I refused. I was a petty officer, so I I didn't have to actually do a lot of the work. But they wanted me to supervise ammo loading details, and I said I wouldn't. And they, at that point in the war, they they didn't want any trouble, so they just said, okay. Mm. but yeah, and and I was I was interested. I was I was very interested in history and and politics and and um, what was going on in the world. I mm-hmm. still am. I read um, sometimes too much. I mm-hmm. I get myself yeah. into pretty depressed spaces, and 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 then I go out and get a novel and read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to recover um, a little. But you know, I had a real interest in. You know, that doesn't mean other people who are poo-pooing it all now can't have that interest, but right. they have to find it in themselves. Mm-hmm. And we need to work with people who are willing to do something. Mm-hmm. We, you know, like I think it was Naomi Klein said, "Just do something. Just mm-hmm. do anything. Right, right. Just do anything. Just yeah. get out and do anything, even if it's mean." You know, walking around and being very unpopular and talking about um, climate change mm-hmm. and how serious it is. I mm-hmm. mean, a, a, a monstrous storm hits Mexico. People are starting to say, oh, well, this is weird. And we had a weird winter and like what, one individual incident is not enough. But mm-hmm. when so many things happen, yeah. um, it's like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people have to stop this i can't tell you the number of people even friends of mine who are politically astute will still see political parties as being you know having meaning 
Um, they just the Senate just passed this morning the CISA, which is an act that will allow spying, and it'll screw net neutrality on the internet. And mm. our two liberal senators from Connecticut voted for it. Mm. Uh, Murphy and Blumenthal both just, and it was almost overwhelming. Mm. Um, people need to wake up, and um, the the Democratic Party is is very little different than the uh, Republican. Well, that's something I know nothing about, but we're, we've talked for probably as long as we can for one episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just say, you know, this is a low point, it feels like. I mean... It's tough. And 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 um, I just think let's, let's, like, I've been using this analogy, too, lately, and that is like a, a kid who's... Um, marking their height on the side of the the door frame. Mm-hmm. Um, let's mark this low water mark and and, and <laughs> see where we are. <laughs> see where, where we are next time around. Yep. Yeah, because things will happen between now and the next conversation we have that will either reinforce those feelings or um, shed light on a new perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm going to keep for myself keep on looking at this, and I just think just. Putting my attention here will continue to make it reveal new facets for myself anyway. Um, And so I look forward to seeing where you're at next time we talk. All right. Thank you. Thank you.